And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another We Are Me podcast brought to you by We Are Me with Davey Rispin and Mickey Brennan and that's the completely wrong intro. Um, I'm feeling a little bit worse for wear Davey but we're going to struggle through and get the podcast done and um, it is of course the We Are Me when we have uh, plenty to get through. Of course the ladies being the pride of the county once again uh, reaching the All-Ireland final on uh, after victory over Donegal in the weekend. We have the Camogues out next weekend. We had Club Hurling Championship on. Um, we had the All-County Football League Division 1A final round 11 played as well during the week. Davy is mad to go to that one. Um, lots happening, Davy as well. We have loads of previews and reviews and stuff coming as well in our Patreon service with the with the Intermediate Junior A and Junior B Championship ball and full swing as well. So uh, lots to be done and lots to be got through, Davey. Yeah, I, I knew you were hungover, Mickey, because genuinely when you make a mistake normally, you normally just scrap it and start again. This week you're kind of just saying, Peck it, we'll play one, but yeah. we'll let you off because you had a brilliant win on uh, on Saturday afternoon with your club, Drummalee, and we had the conversation off air that, you know, you kind of get to the stage where you're either a footballer or a drinker. You tried to do both at the weekend. You probably did one a little bit better than another. In fairness, you probably did two reasonably well at the same time, but now you're paying the price for both of them. Yeah, exactly. Now you said it, yeah. Um, thought, the same as while I'm on the field, still thinking of a young fella. Um, still thought I was a young fella on Saturday night uh, when we went out to celebrate um, promotion and stuff. Um, and yeah, starting to feel it now but uh, we'll we'll motor on and, and um you know I'll, I'll i'll play i'll play the hero for the rest of the pod- podcast you know i'll get through it davy um davy we're going to start off with that aforementioned uh match in crow park between me ladies and duddy gall um what a fantastic game of football davy um and again all of the attributes that we've talked about with this mead team all came to the fore against duddy gall um, in the face of adversity, they showed great character in the first half and towards the end of the second half. Um, you know, true grit and determination at the start of the second half when they were down to uh, 14 players after Murray shot and sees yellow card. And, you know, they just, we, we've said it before as well, we've just lost superlatives to, to describe this team. Yeah, I, th- I think now for the first time this year, many people were writing their obituary um, during the game of uh, against Donegal, the exact same as it were against Galway, and um, probably at different stages of the Leinster final against Dublin as well. But somehow they came out and produced probably one of the best second half performances that we've seen from them, if not the best. Like they trailed by three at halftime, but what's more is they only scored three first half points. 
They came mm. out and scored nine in the second half. They scored three in the first two minutes of the second half. So they equaled their total for the first half within the, within three minutes of the second half. Um, as you mentioned, they had adversity. They had the they had a, a penalty conceded, an incredibly soft decision it was. Uh, they had two yellow cards to contend with, one to Moira Shaughnessy and the other one to Vicky Wall. Um, so they spent 20 minutes off the second half down to 14 men or 14 ladies but remarkably it's it just galvanized them mickey they they turned turned it into a completely different gear and um outplayed donegal comprehensively in that second half yeah it's it's uh, and again we won't we won't stay on this point for too long but it's 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 interesting when you see you know um non uh, biased non-connected people from around the country turn around and saying that, you know they had to beat the referee on the day as well um you know, some of the decisions were really, really poor, and uh, and he made it as difficult as he possibly could for the mid team on the day. Yeah, he he had a few bad calls against Donegal too, though. Um, the penalty decision was one obviously that went against me. That and Katie knew. What I thought in real time, it it looked incredibly soft, and when you watch it back, I mean, she just loses her footing really when she's shooting. Um, penalties awarded well tucked away in fairness. Black card from Moira O'Shaughnessy, absolutely no complaints. She was she was really high and uh, deserved a, a yellow card. The the yellow card for Vicky Wall, I still am perplexed as to what it was for. Uh, I, I just thought it was the most harshest of calls. Now there was a couple of other ones for Donegal. Like do you remember at the, the with the very last attack, Donegal were attacking, and there was just an honest collision between Mary Kate Lynch and the centre half forward for Donegal. But Mead got the free. The two of them absolutely poleaxed each other, both going for the ball. To me, that should have been just a possession to Donegal because they had it. He gives a free out. It felt like he was just making it up as he was going along. Like there was another one with Vicky. She was harshly done for the yellow, but she I think she was barging through and she she kind of frontal charged the Donegal player that she got a free in. It wouldn't have surprised you if she got a yellow card for that. Yeah. You know, with yeah. the next attack. You just felt it was all it was all sort of spur of the moment stuff from the referee. It was a poor performance from him and his officials. Um, but thankfully, as you quite rightly said, that Meads, you know, rose above everything yet again and uh, got a magnificent win against a top-class Donegal side. And I think they deserve great credit, Mickey, for what they've done this year. Like Mead have come through two almighty battles against them in the league and championship. Um, and they're going to be a side to certainly be watched over the next few years. But... As for me, you know, back at Crow Park in, in two weeks' time, Bank Holiday weekend, going for back to back All Ireland Championships. It's it it's fairy tale stuff, really. Yeah, yeah. The fairy tale lives on basically because it's been a fairy tale for the last yeah. two years with everything that's been going on with them. Um, you know, the standout performances again all over the field, Davy. Um, and when you can, you know, only concede one seven against this Donegal team with like the McLaughlins and, and, and the Bonners and everybody in this team and the, the the quality that they have riddled throughout their team. That's the hell of a defensive record to keep against Donegal, keep them to only eight scores. And one of them being the penalty, you know, which we, we did think was a harsh penalty as well. Yeah, and two of them just in the second half when we played with 14, uh, 14 yeah. players for 20 minutes, like um, outstanding, like just change gear and, and completely left them for dead um, it was it was awesome stuff look at Emma Duggan has to be sort of singled out for special praise she was outstanding she probably 
got great confidence from the performance against Galway because we, we said it like she'd been a little bit more quiet and subdued this year. The Galway game was probably just what she needed. And uh, the score taken from her under savage pressure um, on Saturday evening was was immense. As was Stacey Grimes. I thought Stacey Grimes yeah. shared the burden really well. Her free taken, as you know, as is normally the case with her, was, was super, superb. Sorry, um, But as you quite rightly said, defensively, they were excellent. Like Mary-Kate Lynch, um, Avian Cleary, Emma Troy. Like Emma Troy in the last couple of minutes when the clock was winding down, um, she was stuck in the corner in in her own deep in her own half in the corner right beside say the the Hogan stand and the hill and there was Donegal players coming at her left right and center and she was kind of just dodging left and right just keep a possession then she managed to get the ball out and Mead held on to it it was a brilliant piece of play um and she's been absolutely brilliant but they showed all of the sort of traits or hallmarks that we associate with this team we've seen the class and we've seen you know, the style, the great score taker, but we also seen, as you say, the grit, the determination, the will to win, um, that just obsession with winning uh, on the big stage in Crow Park was was evident again for all to see. Yeah, it was, and, you know, they've, 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 they've brought this thing to their game where, you know, similar to what Dublin did for many a year when they were winning all their All-Irelands um, uh, at the men's adult level, you know, they, 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 this third quarter, championship quarter, and they go out after half time and they blitz teams and they just go hell for leather at them and nobody could just stop them. You know, and, it was, and, and uh, that was wonderful to watch. It was just like, hang on a second, we're just going to turn up the gears here uh, for, for 15 minutes and we're just going to put this game away. And they did a lot of that damage. I think it was seven unanswered points in a row. Um, from the start of the second half. And they'd, I think it was three in the first two minutes, as you said, Davy. Then we had the black card, and then they got four points in a row, or the, the, the yellow card for, for Moira Shotmacy. Then they got four points in a row. Yeah, it was exactly. It was two just after half time, then the black card, then the third point arrived in the 32nd minute, and then they got another three. So it was six unanswered to put from, from being in a position where you were one, one six to, or sorry, one three to one. Sorry, one three, one, three, three. To three down, and then you go uh, one three to, to nine points up, you know, in the blink of an eye, and 12 minutes into the second half, like absolutely awesome uh, score taken. And then Donegal get back into it as as you'd expect in the second half, but me come again, um, despite all the blows that they had. It was it was just a it was a terrific game, actually, to be honest with you. It was it was a really, really good game, sloppy, pretty defensive. Uh, cagey first half, but after half time, it was almost as if me just said, "We'll we'll throw the shackles off, and uh, we'll show them what we're really about." And they did just that. Yeah, um, Eamon Murray absolutely over the moon as well, Davy again. Um, obviously, like he he's always over the moon with the with these girls because they've just brought so much joy to the county. Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, and like the support base there was was unreal again. Um, and they're going to me, they're probably going to have 75 to 80% of the crowd now in the All-Ireland final against Kerry, which is going to be another different dynamic. It won't be probably the same number that was maybe there last year because Dublin aren't around. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure it's a real novel pairing in the final. So it should bring a, a real, you know, decent appetite for, for many, the neutral and stuff as well. But uh, me, they're obviously going to have to contend with the tag of favouritism, which they've done quite well in fairness this year. But like you look at it, the quarterfinals, semifinals, just winning each game by a point. The drew against Armand, the group stages, like they've 
they've made hard work of it. Like there hasn't been too many games, barring obviously the Monaghan one first day out in the All Ireland series that you'd say they've had it all their own way. It's been it's been tough going, and I'd expect this final to be no different. Like Kerry are coming up from intermediate championship football over the last number of years, and they're a really up and coming side. Um, league league winners, I think, in Division Two this year, weren't they? Similar to maybe the path yeah. that Mead went on last year, they'll probably take great heart from that. So. Uh, there's a lot of subplots here. It'll, it'll be a terrific final, I'd say. Yeah, uh, really will. It will be part of a triple header in uh, Crow Park on Sunday, the 31st of um, of July. The first game will be the junior game. That will be Antrim and Fermanagh at 11.45. Then at 1.45, you'll have Leash and Wexford. And then at 4pm, it will be the meeting of Mead and Kerry in that Ladies All-Ireland final. We wish them the very, very best of luck and we will be up there to cheer them on on uh, said day um, and we're looking forward to a huge crowd being up in Crow Park for it as well and by God it'll be amazing and and Davy, like I suppose last year we were still in the midst of um, uh, the pandemic and we were just coming out of it maybe and the celebrations were a little bit um, what's the word uh, muted uh, you know they did, they did have a big celebration really and um, but but you know like there wasn't the I thought it would have been much bigger, um, and 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 if they go and do it, um, uh, on the thirty first of July, I'd say you know the county will go absolutely mental. So they will for it. So um, yeah, um, they've been just amazing, and and they'll be getting a homecoming either way. Um, yeah, so part of the triple header in Crow Park on the thirty first of July. Moving on, then Davy, um, the Camogues, not to be outdone, they're playing in the All Ireland semi final. Uh, next weekend, next Sunday, in Nolan Park at two p.m. They're going to face off against Galway. We didn't know last week what the draw was going to be. Um, it was going to be Mead and Derry against either Cork or Galway. Um, so Mead have picked up Galway. Cork pick up Derry. Of course, Cork, Derry, and Mead all came from Group Two. Galway, the unknown entity, because they came from Group One. So um, a tough assignment for Mead, but they'll be relishing this opportunity. Yeah, but they, they, me, they suppose, have a lot more uh, recent sort of game experience than Galway. Galway have been sitting on the sidelines now for a few weeks, kind of waiting in the wings. Whereas me, they've been actually building up confidence and momentum and winning games week on week, which you'd imagine should stand to them. Um, compared to the start of the campaign to where they're at now, it's like it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? And it's an incredible turnaround of fortunes. And you do feel that Mead, maybe a little bit like the ladies did in recent years, are nearly free ro- free rolling now. Like there's no great degree of pressure on them. And expectation, I would say, is still from outside the camp is still relatively low from, from other teams because Mead have, uh, did sort of just sneak in really to the to the knockout stages. But make no mistake, they'll feel they have an absolutely outstanding chance now of going forward to an All-Ireland final. Um, Galway is going to be a really tough assignment, but on the back of the recent performances and obviously the last day against Kerry, the nature of the performance in which they just blew them away was was pretty devastating, I'd say. And they're improving all of the time. And um, there, there's more of a there's certainly more of a team dynamic about them maybe than there was previously. Like they're no longer reliant on just one or two individuals to carry them. They've they've got a really strong squad. And I know Brendan Skeen has mentioned that over the last two or three years, that that was probably their downfall in recent games, you know, over the last number of years is, is a little bit of a frailty in terms of strength and depth. Now they've got that, you know, and there's players returning all the time. So 
I think they'll fancy the job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think they will, and Brendan Skeen will have them primed and ready for this uh, All Ireland semi final against Galway. Of course, the second game between Cork and Derry is at four p.m. in Nolan Park as well. A big double header. Uh, next Sunday so if you're about to get down and support the Camogues in their All-Ireland Intermediate Semi-Final Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30 second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne & Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clannard County Meath. Davey, I suppose um, sticking with the sticks and sticking with the county, um, Nick Weir, the um, Mead Hurling Manager, has decided to step away after um, uh, his tenure as the uh, as the Mead Hurling Manager. And it's a disappointing day for the Mead Hurlers. Uh, fantastic, fantastic manager. But I suppose a very, very tough year for him as well. It was, yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed to be brutally honest. I, I thought, um, I thought he'd have a chance to to maybe go and rebuild next year in the Christie Ring with more players available to him. Unfortunately, as as was well documented this year, there was you know 15 to 16 players that just pulled away from the panel for different reasons and it didn't really give them a leg to stand on when they went into a really tough renewal of the Joe McDonough Cup. Um, the backroom team was excellent. You know, the likes of Slew Riley and Saoirse Bulfin, who's come in, has, has been really, really good and well-received. To me, he's an outstanding candidate for the job, I think, at this stage. Um, I, I know we're speculating, but we've speculated for weeks on end about the Mead footballer's job, so why not let's, let's talk about the hurling job? And I think he... If he was to be interested in it, you'd imagine he'd be the front runner for it. Um, but but just going back to Nick, I have to say he was he was an absolute gentleman. He he had unbelievable time for those players, and he had a vision and, and a project in mind. And sadly, for probably reasons outside of his control, um, it just didn't go to plan. But we'll obviously wish him all the very best, and I'm sure he'll have great success wherever he goes next. Yeah, I'm sure it's with a heavy heart he's leaving the job. And and uh, I saw um, the statement put out by the county board and they thanked him and whatever, and they were very appreciative of him and whatever. Um, but I'm sure, as I said, it was with heavy heart he's stepping away. It's just It was just too much this year with, with everything that happened that you just after mentioning. You know, that, that must absolutely suck the life out of you as a manager, do you know? He did try and stay so positive throughout it all. And ultimately... It all boiled down to that final game against Down and Bally Gran, yeah. a game in which they gave it an unreal effort. Like they, I know they lost by eight or nine points, but like I think they were level with something like ten minutes to go. Like they couldn't have done much more, um, and to get them even that far in a game like that was probably an outstanding 
and an achievement based on the fact that we know that we're missing so many, you know, personnel. Um, but uh, there's been some, there was some great highs. I mean, probably last year, the end of last year was the pinnacle when the Beck, Kerry and Navin, then the go and stay up, beat Kildare, who were well fancied to, to do them up in uh, Parnell Park. And sadly, they just couldn't kick on it. And it's ended in back-to-back relegations between the league and championship. But it gives the new manager an opportunity to come in build from a low enough base, get his own sort of panel in place and get made competitive again because I suppose we've had we've had glimpses over the last like you think about the Christy Ring successes over the last decade. There's absolutely no reason why Mead can't go and challenge for another one this time next year and you know try and make a stamp then in the Joe McDonough Cup because I've talked I've spoken to a few of the players and like Jack Regan's one player, he's obviously a, a real experienced head in there. And, and he just feels that it's paramount that me, they're competing at the highest level possible, i.e. a Joe McDonough, and that when you start to slide, it's very hard to arrest that. So for the new manager coming in, that's the task he's assigned with. But to bounce back straight straight up again, that'll be the that'll be the number one goal, I've no doubt. Absolutely, it'll be the number one goal. But will it be a tougher assignment than, you know, maybe it should be with the fact that they lost so many players this year? I don't see all those players going back next year and losing a year of training with the county and stuff like that is not going to be easy, but they're just going to have to, um, you know, like, is it going to be a case of trying to blood new players, younger players, and they'll have to be given time to bed in as well, maybe. Yeah, but I think it's a it's a good uh, it's a good standard or a good level for them to come in and try and establish themselves because they're not going to be playing against... I don't mean to be disrespectful, but really, really good outfits. They're going to be at a fairly competitive field. And also, Mickey, the success that we've had at minor and under 21 level over the last number of years, I think now is the time to introduce those sort of fellas in. Like maybe for years, we've been overly reliant on some of the older cohort players who have just for one reason or another decided to step away and focus on different things. So now is the chance for those players to come in and and to really make an impression. and, And hopefully they do. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, best luck to the new manager and to the Mead Hurling team when they uh, do uh, start their pre-season training uh, whenever they get that new management team in place. Davey, um, we'll move on now to club matters and I suppose we'll go to the championship results from the Hurling, um, sticking, I suppose, on the Hurling team um, over the last uh, weekend or so. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. So, uh, uh huge weekend it was in the Hurling Championship of course all games were uh, finished well in advance of Sunday uh, or definitely Sunday afternoon to allow for the spectators to watch the uh, the big showpiece decider on Crow Park which was an absolute cracker today between Kilkenny and Limerick but starting on Friday night in the Mead Championship in Group A the Ted Murta Clothing and Footwear Senior Hurling Championship it was uh, Trim who defeated Kildalki in a humdinger of a game. It finished Trim 3.23, Kildalki 3.14. I know that sounds comfortable enough for Trim, but I think they trailed this game entering the final 15 minutes, but outscored Kildalki something like 110 to three points in the final quarter of the game to uh, make it uh, three points from a possible four. But crucially, the senior champions now going into third round action have not from two. So that's a, a massive blow for um, Pat O'Halloran and... Uh, Daryl Hart's men going into round three action. In the other game in the group, it was a, a comfortable victory for Kiltail over St. Peter's Dunboyne, 321 to 114. It finished there. So two 
wins from two for Kiltail. A great start to the championship for them. There's one game at Group B on Friday night. It finished Kaline 220, Boards Mill 2-9. Uh, handsome 11-point victory for Kaline there. There was one game in Group A at the Intermediate Hurling Championship and Dundry emerged victorious against the Wolf Tones 313-210. Into Group B, Kilmesson uh, recorded a six-point victory over Dunham Rashburn 117-111. There was a, a walkover win for Ratmaline against Kilsgare Moyla in the Junior 2 Hurling Championship as well on Friday night. And then moving into Saturday in... The senior championship, uh, Ratoth and Afina played out uh, a 114 to 7 points, uh, 17 points draw in Group A. So, um, Nafina, I think two draws from the first two games, but crucially against two of the bigger hitters in Trim and Ratoth. So, that's a really good start for Nafina, unbeaten from the first two. And they'll fancy the job now going through on the back of that. There was two games also in Group B on Saturday evening. Clannagale continued their fine start with a 215-115 victory over Longwood. They trailed that game for long spells, but finished incredibly strong to get the three-point victory. And a, a massive win for Blackhall Gales in over Kilmesson in Dunchocklin. It finished Blackhall Gales 121 to Kilmesson's 21 points. So Blackhall getting their first win of the year. In the Intermediate Championship, then in Group A, Navin O'Matney's recorded a five-point victory over Rapline, 116 to 111. Drumree had a one-point victory over Kaldalki, 213 to 212. And there was a handful of games then on Sunday morning, uh, starting in the Junior Hurling Championship Group A, Kiltail, 113 to 116 victories over Drumree. So Peter's Dunboyne recorded a facile 222 to an eight-point victory over Navin O'Matney's. And I think that's it then for the weekend's action in the Hurling Championship for Mickey. No bother, Davey. Well, the way that leaves the tables looking now is that, like this. So in the Ted Murta uh, Clothing and Footwear Senior Hurling Championship Group A, Kiltail are top trim, are gone into second by virtue of that win over Kildalki. Um, with Holt are uh, in third on thir- three points with trim. Um, Nafina have two points, Kildalki and St. Peter's combined. Uh, both with zero points. And then in Group B of the Senior Hurling, it's Kalyan and Clannagale making the run in there at top of the table um, with four points. Then Boardsmill and Blackhall Gales are both on two points. Kilmesson and Longwood are on zero points. Moving down then to the Handy Clean Meals Intermediate Hurling Championship Group A. Drumree uh, at the top of the table with four points. Dundery with three. Kildalki with two. Navin O'Matney's with two. Rathmaline with one point and Wolf Tones with no points. Then we have uh, Wolf Tones were just relegated last year, Davey, weren't they? They won the yeah, yeah. year before last. So um, things are going well out there in Wolf Tones. Then into Group B of the Andy Me- Clean Meals Intermediate Hurling Championship, Gail Colum Kill Kells are top of the table with four. Trim Seconds are on in second with three points. Kilskir Myla uh, and Kilmesson both have two points. So number Ashburn have one and Rathholt have zero. And then just moving down the K Windows and Doors Junior Hurling uh, Championship, you have in Group A St Peter's Dunboyne top of the table. I think that's their second team. Kiltail um, joint uh, top with four points, two wins from two for St Peter's Dunboyne and Kiltail. Navin O'Matney's on two. Then you've got three teams on zero: Nafina, Kalyan, and Drumree. And I think we have just one left: the Junior Two. So we do. We've got two of them, Group A and Group B from the Junior 2, K-Windows endorsed Junior 2 Hurling Championship. Group A, St. Pat's full uh, maximum points, three wins from three, they have six points. 
Clonmagale have two games played and they've got four points. That's their second team as well. Most of these just are second teams, actually. So Peters Dunboyne have four points with three games played. Dundery have two points with uh, two games played. And then Boards Mill have two points. It looks like Kiltail have conceded their five games by the looks of things. Um, and then finally, in Group B of the K Windows and Doors Harland Championship, Kildalki and Ratmaline sit at the top with four points. Three teams on two are Drummery, Mathotham of Tones, and bottom of the table are Trim and Kilskier Moyla. So that is the Hurling Championship uh, as it stands at the minute, Davey. We're going to now move on. I was just trying to delay this as long as possible. We're going on to the All County Football League Division 1A, Round 11, final week of the um, league. Um, turns out, Davey, we were trying to figure out what way it was going to work. Was it going to be first into the final, second and third into semi-finals, or was it going to be the top four playing in two semi-finals and whatever? It's a straight final, first place, second. So I've lost out on chances to get back uh, uh, with the predictions. Going into the uh, to round 11, you were three points ahead of me. You had 151 um, out of 257. I had 148. It was a bit of an horrendous week for me, Davey. Um, we'll go down through the results. All these games played on Tuesday night. First one up is Dunboyne against Navin O'Matley's in Paddy O'Brien Park in Navin. Dunboyne, 119, Navin O'Matney's 19 10-point victory for uh, St. Peter's Dunboyne. Off to a good start, Davy. I have uh, a point on the board and you have a point on the board. <laughs> yeah, comfortable enough in the end for Dunboyne. Uh, they've stepped up their championship preparations again, finished the league incredibly strong, 13 points from 11 played. Uh, they were in relegation trouble about three or four weeks ago. You know, it's some turnaround of fortunes. They're going to be a team to watch, obviously, in the championship. Navin O'Matney's They'll be delighted to see the back of this Division 1 campaign. I'd say they probably thought it would never end, but they can start to look forward to a big first-round encounter with Trim now in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the next game. This game played in uh, Ballinabracky. It was Gail Column Kilkells, 115, Ballinabracky, 113. A two-point victory for Gail Column Kill. A slow start for Ballinabracky is what cost them here, Davy, and um, ultimately the reason why they got relegated on seven points. Yeah, they did. They gave it a right, right good go though in this game, Mickey. They they were down and out by the looks of it by um by half time. I think Kells led by one nine to five points. So well in the ascendancy, leading by seven. But Bonnebracky got themselves right back into it, and Gail Column Kill uh, relied heavily on Bino Hanlon for scores in that second half to just keep them ticking over. And um, but crucially, they got the victory to to relegate Bonnebracky. Um, again, Seamus Matomomo and Bino Hanlon to the four. Balnebracki, I feel a little bit aggrieved, you know, seven points normally, as we said last week, would be enough to maybe keep you up. But when Navinomatnees don't get a point, everybody beats them. So it makes second bo- second from bottom that bit harder to, to survive. But um, they, they'll they'll feel aggrieved, but they'll take plenty from it, you know, and I don't think it bothered bother them overly going into championship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I suppose, yeah, when you, when, when you look at Navinomatnees didn't win a game, you're basically being relegated on five points because you know yeah. Navin O'Matley's was the gimme game in early trade well uh, you got the points there because you went for Gail Colin Kill and I went for Ballinabracky I thought that Ballinabracky's need would be greater than Gail Colin Kill's and that they might just get the victory here and um, no it wasn't to be so you got a point there so you're one ahead of me now on this week's Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30 second ad? 
Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin & Sons. If you need any more information on the automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. So we'll move on to the next one, and it was uh, played in Bacon Sound, Nafina against Rathout. It's ended up in a draw, Davy Rustin. Nafina, nine points, Rathout, nine points. Both of us went for a Rathout win um, because they had an outside chance of, of getting to um, the, the final. Um, but it wasn't to be. Um, it was Nafina who stole a point from them on the day. Yeah, as it, as it turned out, it wouldn't have made any difference for, for either side, actually. So essentially, it played out into a bit of a dead rubber, but it was a late, uh, late, late score from Luke Kelly from Nafina, which salvaged a point for the Enfield uh, Baconstown men. 4-3 to Nafina at half time. Good to see Oshie McCluskey back for Nafina. Um, interesting to see him playing in the forwards. He played wing forward, hit three fine points in the night. So that'll be a good one to, to keep an eye on as the championship progresses. But um, without the services of um, Shane Walsh on the night and I think Ethan Devine um, Nafina will be very happy with their night's work I think that's a good absolutely. point for them and they'll take plenty of heart going into championship Yeah absolutely and, and the thing about Nafina is on their day they can put it up to anybody and uh, maybe just lack a little bit of consistency um, uh, they're never they're, they're never chalk and cheese let's just say but you know if they just got a bit more consistency into their into their game because as I said they can put it up to any of the top teams on on their day next game oh so we neither of us got a point there moving on to the next game St. Colin kills against screen um, this game played in screen and uh, I went for a screen victory here you went for the St. Colin kills win and you came away with the points because it was St. Colin kills 114 screen 11 points a six point victory for the kills yeah very impressed for uh, Impressive win for Kills. Um, probably the, the the ultimate sort of game for them. You know, clutch game. Could they go to screen, get a result, and get their place in a league final? And they did just that with a pretty emphatic sort of performance. Six point victors, uh, led by three at the break. Continued on in the second half with that similar trend. Graham Riley, David Bell, um, Sean Leonard, all to the fore, um, as well as Cahill Hillard, as well as Ben Brennan. Um, good, good performance from them. Screen just unfortunately faded away as the championship uh, kind of got closer into sight and the league was ebbing towards its inevitable conclusion. I don't think it's, I don't think fifth place finish for screen in the league reflects their efforts or their endeavours because they were right up there all the way through. But just those few defeats against Retolt and uh, Colin Kills in the last couple of weeks has, has put paid to their chances. They'll still take plenty from it. Like Campo's back and he's playing so well. They've got a real gem in Niall Finnerty. Mark Batterby is still doing his stuff in the other corner. So I'll, I'll keep an eye on screen for the championship. I think they'll have a say. Um, but Colin Kills are the real deal now, Mickey. And uh, I think if they were to go on to win the league title, 
this coming weekend, it will be a massive sort of string in their string in their bow going into championship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, we did say at the start of the year that there were going to be a team to watch with the new management team uh, in there, and uh, yeah, they've really hit the ground running this year. Um, moving on then to the next game played in Summerhill. It was Summerhill against my very own Simonstown. It ended up Summerhill one nine. Simonstown seven points, low scoring game, Davy, and um, looked attritional to be honest with you. Yeah, but I suppose good to see Simonstown competing again, Mickey, because in the last few weeks it's been landslide defeats for them. Now, obviously, this was a game in which they they couldn't be relying on results elsewhere to go their way, so they needed to come out and give a really strong account to themselves, and they did just that. But Summerhill, on the flip side of that knew they needed a result to just rubber stamp their position into a league final, and they got it too. Um, impressive displays from Owen Frayne and uh, him and McDonald yet again, um, uh, I think. So they're going really, really well. They have a couple of injuries to contend with. Uh, Dermot McCabe got a penalty, which was the crucial score, um, and the, the solitary goal in the game. He's got a couple during the campaign, so he's a, he's a really strong performer, but... Uh, Summerhill are, are motoring along well. Simonstown, uh, they'll be mightily relieved that Kells did them a favour. And yeah. we, we said that last week was probably their best avenue. So it's turned out uh, they won't take much from the league campaign with the exception of obviously been missing so many players. So they'll need those back if they're to have any sort of chance come championship. Yeah, 100%. But I, I just know things are not just uh, flowing the best out there at the moment, but hopefully they can get it all sorted for the championship. You'd gone for Summerhill, I'd gone for Simonstown in that one. And then finally, uh, the last game was Dunmore Ashburn against Wolf Tones. This game played in Ashburn and it finished 2-12. That's 18 points to 3-5. That's uh, 14 points in favour of Dunmore Ashburn. You went for a Dunmore Ashburn win over the reigning uh, uh, Keaton Cup holders. And you came away with the with the point in this one, David. Um, how, hell of a win for Dunmore Ashburn. I was just going to say, how dare I did that, Mickey? But uh, thankfully, I did. Um, Wolf Tones living up to the bill, and that they they just love goals, and they were almost the what got them over the, the line in this game. But Dunmore Ashburn putting in a far more rounded performance with two twelve to their name. Uh, getting a morale boost and victory. Of course, this was a complete dead rubber, nothing to play for. Yeah. So I don't know really how much we can read into it. Um, but Wolf Tones haven't been uh, sort of ultra consistent side that we have seen over the last year. And maybe just Michal McDermott will want to get that back into their psyche come championship because they started the league well, but they've just faded as it's gone on and they've slipped progressively down the table. Dunham Rashburn in stark contrast actually have gone the other way, but getting players back all the time, um, they're they're a side that you'd expect big things from now come the summer. But uh, we shall see. Two two interesting sides to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, you said it about the consistency we've seen from the Wolf Tones over the last couple of years. We just haven't seen that this year. And yet Dunham or Ashburn have been way more consistent this year than they have been in recent years. And uh, had a good cup campaign earlier on in the year, brought that into the earliest part of the league season, and have just gone through this, the, the league nicely, you know, never anything to worry about and whatever. We're up in the top three, top two or top three for a little while, and then just kind mm. of drifted back. But definitely showing signs that, again, another team to really watch in the championship, Davy. They are, they are. And I, I suppose they were, in, um, they were in the semi-final last year. Yeah. 
So I suppose the, the challenge for them is to try and get back to there initially and, and push on. We all know what they have in, in, in their locker, but unfortunately, as has so often been the case with the Mickey, they do struggle for that consistency. On the back of the second half of the league campaign, you'd like to think that they'd take plenty from it. They have players back all the time now as well. Um, but they're, they're a side that you never quite fully trust. So yeah. we'll, we'll just see what happens. Absolutely. Well, David, the way that uh, left the scores after, uh, I'm not worried about who's made it to the final um, in Division 1A. I'm just worried about our predictions. So the way it ended up was there was six games played. Uh, so out of 263 games, Davy, you had 156 predictions, right? You were three ahead of me going into this. You actually got four more than me, right? Um, uh, you got five out of six. I got one out of six on the final uh, week of the All County Football League. I had to try something. I had to look and tr- go against you on a few games and try and pull back because there was no point in uh, drawing level with you. I needed to try and... Um, go back a few points and, and maybe even go ahead of you going into the final but you've you've won it by a margin of seven 156 out of 263 to 149 uh, out of 263 and in fairness that is an 18 point turnaround Davy. you were 11 points down at one stage and you're now seven points up going into the final we're, we're talking about consistency mickey um I, I don't know what happened to you. You were absolutely flying up until probably the three-quarter way mark, and then maybe you just started thinking about it a little bit too much. Um, but I'm delighted to have, to have won it in the end. It didn't look likely a few weeks ago, but uh, thankfully it came good and on to championship. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's the... the I, I, I suppose at my age, you, you get about 50 minutes of, of good football and then... Um, the last 10 minutes I'm, I'm gasping for air and I really was um, gasping in the last few weeks trying to get some air but uh, no in fairness to you you're consistent and you finished it out strong and you got the victory in the end so um, championship might be a different story but we'll come back to that on our Loyal Royals podcasts um, which we will be doing there during the week there will be the Junior B championship review and uh, previews if the games are going ahead this weekend Davey because we can't find the um, fixtures for the Junior B Championship anywhere and yet you're playing the Junior Championship and you know that you are out on Friday night so we just have to find those fixtures when we get them but we'll be doing that review of last week's games and the preview of next weekend's games uh, later in the week we'll also have the Junior A Championship previews um, for this coming weekend and of course we'll have the Intermediate Championship previews as well coming up from round two in the Junior A and in the uh, um, Intermediate. It's the round three of the Junior B that we'll be previewing um, on our Loyal Royals podcast. And of course, Davy, we, we announced our first uh, We Are Mead Team of the Year um, on Friday from the first round of championships in, incorporating the Intermediate, Junior A and Junior B. Um, and we announced our Blackwater Inn uh, Player of the Week and our Blackwater Inn top scorer of the week for round one of the championship and again our, our uh, thanks to Patricia and George Plunkett in the Blackwater Inn in Kells for their continued support and, and giving us the opportunity to bring these uh, awards and accolades to the club players on a weekly basis. Yeah absolutely it was, uh, it was a tremendous team to, to reveal for our first week with limited enough games as well but uh, terrific to be back on it. Um, a few disgruntled people um, had a 
man from St. Dalton's not too happy about uh, no St. Dalton's players included. But you know what, Mickey, they weren't the only ones. There was there was a few other teams that were victorious in round one as well who didn't have fellas on the the team. It was but a, yeah, it was a tough week. It really was. It was I mean, a very tough week. Yeah, like uh, and and we spent a lot of time on it, going through it. We spent about three days actually putting fellas in, taking them out, going through. Uh, like it was just so hard. Um, it really was. I think it was one of the toughest ones that we've had so far, Davey, because there was such great performances all around the fields, and that's conducive to good weather football, isn't it? it? Really, is that you're going to get these high levels of performance? Yeah, yeah, and and high levels of scores as well, um, obviously. But uh, yeah, there was some, some tremendous performances on show. I think we 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 fairly. I'm fairly happy with the team in which we picked. To be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't have changed anything even now, but uh, it'll probably just make our job a little bit more harder as the weeks go on. But great start to the championship. Hopefully it continues. We obviously had a round of junior B action there over the weekend too. So those teams are obviously going to be back in the hat for another crack at getting into the team of the week from next week onwards then. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, you know, uh, to reiterate what you said, yeah, no, wouldn't change the team that we picked, but there was a lot of players who were very unlucky to, to, to not make it and that, again that's just uh, the way championship football goes and um, opinions are like arseholes um, everyone has one daily so um, and that's just it um, yeah so again thanks to George and Patricia Plunkett down there in the Blackwater Inn in Kells and if you are in Kells for any of the games be it in the park or be it in Grange Garden you know uh, head in um, have a seven up or a coke if you're driving or go in and let the other lads in the car have a pint and talk to George about football. He's only mad to talk about football. And he's a lovely area at the back, lovely bar, massive big bar, big screens, and then he has a lovely um, uh, outdoor area at the back as well. So get in there to George and Patricia and uh, uh, tell them that you listen to the podcast as well. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30 second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, Contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. Davy, uh, to move on, I think it's about time we went to our lottos. Have the club PROs been in contact with you at all? Yeah, I've got a handful of them here, Mickey, starting with Manalvi from last Monday night. Uh, the numbers drawn were 6, 13, 20 and 21. There was no jackpot winner, but three 20 euro winners who were Jerry Larkin, Nicola Quinn and Micken Marie O'Shea. The next draw takes place tomorrow night, Monday, 18th of July. Jackpot of 1800 on offer there at GFC.ie or on the Club Force app. Navin O'Matney's, uh, their jackpot looks to be capped potentially at 15 grand. Um, 
but Ooh. the results from the 12th, uh, which was last Tuesday, uh, 3, 8, 26 and 27. Uh, no jackpot winner. They had match three winners in the form of Amy Fox, Tanya McConnell, Claudia Cummins and Simon Smith. Uh, the next draw takes place on the 19th. You can Google Clubspot Navin O'Matneys or download their app to play that one. Uh, Castletown are next in. Their €3,400 jackpot from last week was not won. Uh, the numbers drawn were 9, 15, 18 and 27. Uh, the lucky dip winners collected 30 euro each were Martina McHugh, Joanne Gaffney, Jerry Carroll, Bridgie Duffy, Ollie Paul and Grace McMahon. Uh, Gil Columcale. 12,000 jackpot, which it is currently capped at as well, wasn't won either. 8, 27, 28, and 29, the numbers there. And uh, 120, sorry, one match three winner collecting 150 euro was Cormac uh, Dignam. And they go again with 12,000 next week. Uh, my own court and GFC is the last one on my radar. Mickey, 10,000 jackpot from Friday night, not one. So we go again with 10,100 next Friday night, 11, 14, 22, and 30. The numbers, Karen Monroe, Frank Flanagan, Killian Byrne, Richie and Sabrina Flanagan, and Ruth Connerty were the 520 euro winners there. There was two All-Ireland uh, ladies semi-final tickets, which were won by Bart Castley. And we also had two All-Ireland hurling tickets, which were won by Leisha O'Halloran. So um, certainly plenty of prizes on offer in the Cortown Lotto. We go again this Friday night with CoreTownGA.com forward slash Lotto to play that one. Brilliant stuff, Davey. Uh, I have our two, usuals, one, two usual ones in from Simonson and Jelly. Jackpot last week was 2,250 euros. There was no winners. The numbers drawn were 1, 9, 27, and 32. The match three or lucky dip winners were Tony Quinn, Phyllis White, and James Sheehy. Um, next Friday, the 22nd, the lotto was 2,300. Uh, play it online or through the club's app, app or go to any of their social media pages and you'll find the link there. Um, he's obviously sick to death of the... Um, the, the, the soccer because he never put in anything for me this week and um, he probably put it into the into you though Davy and Instagram which we'll be going to in a couple of minutes and then finally the Centerstown Lotto the jackpot is 1600 euro and uh, you can do it on smartlotto.ie or you can go to any of the Centerstown's um, social pages and you will find the link there so uh, that is all the lottos for this week Instagram Interactive, Davy. Um, I suppose you've probably hit uh, on something. Um, our team of the week may have uh, got a bit of uh, going on, on on Instagram, did it? Yeah, there was certain comments for it, uh, but they were more DMs. The one that's <laughs> the ones that weren't uh, weren't uh, too happy with our selections. But by and large, I think people were were very happy with our picks. To be fair, um, we'll start the inter Instagram interactive fittingly with Thomas McLeod saying Emma the Goat Duggan. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I know when we were discussing the game earlier on um, and you were saying how, you know, quiet against Galway and, and came to the fore at the end. Again, in fairness to Donegal, they had had uh, minimised her impact. But like we said about Emma Duggan last week after the, the victory against Galway, um, you know, there's only so long you can keep a, a player of her calibre quiet. And when they decide to to do it, they do it. And she was just immense. Um, you know, the free, it was a very acute, uh, uh, tough free. So it was, and she just, she, 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 she nailed it. And then her two points from playing the closing stages as well. Like, you know, 
you, you just class is permanent you know you, you can't stop it and it will come to the fore uh, eventually and, and and she is the goal definitely yeah she's a big game player isn't she um she really is zach griffin uh, next in and he said adam muldoon is looking for katie news number for tips on defending hashtag up the royals <laughs> <laughs> yeah um look um I'd say a lot of teams could be ringing, a lot of players and a lot of teams could be ringing Katie New looking for, for um, tips on how to defend. I'd say there's a, there's, they could ring any of the defenders, not just Katie New, because they've been awesome, absolutely incredible. Absolutely. Uh, the next one comes in from Rob Perfield, and he said, Vicky Wall will take less punishment in the AFLW. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, we spoke about it only in the last few weeks. Is there is there going to be a time when the referees start to protect her a little bit? And they're not. It's just, I don't know, uh, like, do they, do, do they not have a referee's assessor when it comes to ladies' Gaelic football? Yeah, yeah. It's a, look at it. It's, it's, it's a running theme, isn't it? Every single week we get something in about this and... Um, I just, I don't, I think when she's in the game, she plays it and, and she can brush the decisions aside. I just think the how she's getting treated for the yellow cards is the worst of all. It's unreal. Um, you know, I just, I just to be baffled at them. But anyway, uh, next one comes in from Ashleen Cleary and she says, Mary Kate Lynch, unreal performance. Mary Kate Lynch has just been a revelation, you know, um, so so good so good and and you know when you look at how she got her opportunity obviously it was the injury to sarah uh sarah wall and um, that gave gave her, her her chance but my god has she been absolutely incredible yeah she's been unreal uh shane mangan said stacy grimes performance yeah she was just last she like uh, from start to finish stacy was just awesome i thought um and again just goes about her business so calmly she's just class and like what a free taker what a free taker unbelievable yeah uh absolutely uh, richie keeney says emma do all up mead up dumboyne say that again i missed that davy sorry richie keeney says emma duggan that is all up mead up dumboyne <laughs> that's it emma duggan like you know um it's just so class that these girls have become household names and are getting the respect that they deserve. It's just unbelievable. It's class. Yeah, Aoife Kane picking out Sean Ennis, Mary Kate Lynch, and Katie New. What a full backline to watch. Ah, yeah. They're, they're, they're unreal. Really are. They're class, and I can't wait to see them in the final. Moving across to the Instagram, or sorry, to the team of the week now. Uh, no. Joseph Blake, who was actually on the team of the week, so I didn't think he'd be throwing in a, a comment like this, but he said, Sean Riley throwing Davy 20 quid to put him on the team of the week. And I, I just replied and I said, it was more than 20 quid. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the team of the week, Mickey. I didn't get me caught in that, Davy. So uh, I, I'll go out next week and looking for, looking for money from lads to see if I can get, the, get if they can get into the team of the week. Yeah, well, I think James James McQueenie or a few other uh, delete values. <laughs> Tom Bowden, I think did they give you twenty each, or did you come up with a deal to get both of them in? <laughs> I did a two for one special. <laughs> uh, Shane Mangan says to give Bridget's the Junior B title tonight. Well, look, um, 
the result against Kilmain and Wood um, on Saturday would suggest that they are going to be a very, very tough proposition for anybody in that junior B. Yeah, it does look a bit ominous, I won't lie. Uh, but still early days and Kilmain and Wood still obviously will have aspirations of getting another crack at them later in the in the championship. But it is ominous when, when you're seeing score. What was it, 7? Was it 7.15 they put up? 7.15, yeah. Yeah, that's unreal. Uh, lucky to be working, uh, said Ham of an umpire on the phone during Blackhall Gales versus Kilmesson. Seriously, like, and I actually... I got a video. <laughs> he actually sent me a video of the umpire, and it's absolutely brilliant. Like senior hurling championship, and he's there on the phone talking away, like literally not a care of the world. Uh, and, and and is the ball up that end of the field or? Uh... It was to be fair. Time was almost up, but the video kept going on for about a minute or ninety seconds, and then the full time whistle was going, and he and he walks out with the phone to his ear. Do you know what the the game is over at this stage, but. I think Frank Gologli, probably unfortunately for the umpire in his home club, was actually watching it, and I don't think he was too impressed. So maybe that umpire won't do it again. <laughs> That's absolutely class. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and I'll try and dig up the uh, the video to get it for you. Um, Chloe Mahan is next in, and she says the lobbing of the Kildaki keeper in the Drumree Kildaki game. I think that was in the intermediate championship. Don't didn't see it, didn't hear from it, so. I don't know. Maybe if she has a video, send it into us, and we'd we'd like a look at it. Yeah, absolutely. If uh, if you can see, if you can send on a video, if there is a clip of it, uh, give us a look at it. Fionn Morris next in, and he says how Kells are top of the intermediate B after two games, uh, beating Kilskier, even though Kilskier are favourites for winning the intermediate, and Kells are the favourites for going down. Wow. Um, well, all you have to do is tell a Kells man that he can't do something and uh, you get a response out of him. And that's what you're getting out of them, I'd say, in that uh, intermediate hurling at the minute. Lads, these are going down. Oh, are we now? Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Particularly against, like, I suppose, Kelskir Mindley. That's the big derby game for them, really. Uh, yeah. I know Wolf yeah. Tones would be a fairly local one as well, but that one kind of hits differently for Gail Callum Kale, I know. But what a start they've had to intermediate hurling and Certainly in years gone by, maybe they, they haven't performed that well, but this year they seem to be going from strength to strength. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Connor Mooney next in, and he reckons that Shane Mangan is the next man for the mead manager's position. Well, Shane has a job, his job cut out for him at the moment. He's got a big job to try and do over there at Boards Mill, so um, I doubt he'll be thinking about anything only Boards Mill at the moment. Yeah, Shane did get in touch with me, and he says he is a, a very heavy release clause from Boards Mill so it doesn't look okay. like me they're in a position to activate that anytime soon I would say I can see um, yeah Theo O'Brien says Connor Sheeran the best marker in the game is he Davy? he's he's good he's motoring well for Kiltail I believe uh, certainly a player that maybe would have uh, credentials to get onto the maybe the meet senior hurling panel for next year with a new manager in place yeah absolutely um, uh, and again Hopefully, the, the the new manager gets a chance to go out and see some of the, the hurling championship, uh, so he can pick a few players uh, 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 like that um, from left to field or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jack Walsh wants to know our predictions for Rovers versus Ludogorets next Tuesday. 
<laughs> yeah, um, Davy, do you want to give your prediction on that one? Is that a, is that a home match for for Sean? Well, it's a two legged thing. I don't know where the first leg. Yeah, is. it's the first uh, game though. It it that's a tough game. They're they're a regulars in the Champions League group stages. I know Arsenal have played them a couple of times. Uh, they're actually a decent side. I think Rovers got one point five million for progressing to the next round of the Champions League. So I think they're bang up against it. But if it's at home, you might give them a. If they could get a draw or even a 1-0 victory at home, take something over there. But that's a very tough tie. They're a good side that they'd regret. Yeah, uh, 3-0 Shamrock Rovers, City. Okay. It's plain and simple. Very good. <laughs> uh, I've saved the last last one till this one till now. Sorry, till last. Um, and I know there's only about 30 seconds left on the show, Mickey. So that's why I'm going to put a stop clock on you talking about this one for 30 seconds. And it comes from Peter Duffy. And he says, Brennan, kicking that 50. Go on, take it away. Come on. <laughs> I told you about the, the Shawnee O'Shea. I just, I, I just did a Shawnee O'Shea, but from the sideline. Um, that was it, just off the ground. Um, there was a French or Spanish dude on my team, Andrew. And uh, he was, before the game, I was kicking them from out underneath the, whatever it's called, the dugout. And he says, I want you to do one of them in the game. That's it, Spanish accent, by the way. And uh, when I kicked it, I turned around and I said, that's for you, Andrew. And that was it. Just kicked it. I kicked about six forty six. Well, no, I didn't. I kicked, I kicked three frees wide from in front of the goals from 45 metres out. So it's no good when you're kicking one over from the sideline from outside the 45 metre line. And then you can't kick them from straight in front of the goals, David. So, look, we got the win at the end. Anyway, it was grand. Absolutely. Uh, are you saying Drummer Lee have... Spanish players is, is that did I hear that? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We've 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 a, we've a guy uh, he joined the club uh, last year. I, I don't I don't know if he's an exchange student or what he is or um or how he even uh, arrived in the club. He lives somewhere near the club anyway, and um just came up and asked could he start training with us and you want to see him? He's actually class. He's getting really really good at the game. So he is so um. Which is brilliant, and he loves it. Mm. And he was out celebrating with us last night, and he was like telling me that on Tuesday night at training, he's going to show me some soccer skills. So uh, looking forward to that. I'm going to break him up. <laughs> Very good. Will you be fit by Tuesday? To do a ah, I won't be grand. I'll be grand. I'll grand. Won't be bothering me by Tuesday. So good man, good man. Um, um, and nice. hopefully by this time next week, maybe Mickey, you'll have a, a league title medal in your back pocket again. Yeah, well, look, we're up against it. We're playing against an intermediate side. We're a junior club, um, and we're playing against an intermediate side uh, who would be probably in the top four or five for the intermediate championship. You know that kind of way in Cavan. So um, yeah, we'll. Uh, it's it's a shot to nothing. Promotion was the big thing. You know that was what it was all about, and the way it ended up, we we were we only lost one game all year, and it was to Templeport, um, and uh, we finished second in the league, and it was first versus fourth, second versus third, and the two finalists would be promoted. So having gone through the year unbeaten, yeah. bar that one game, it would have been a travesty not to finish it off. So that, that that's that's the main thing, you know yourself. So um, excellent, yeah, yeah. So, uh, cheers, Peter Duffy, uh, for, for asking about that and putting me in the spot. Uh, Davey, is there anything else we have for this week's We Are Me podcast? No, I think we're good. Oh. Okay, well, if that's the story, remember We Are Me, why? Miles more.